The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace, you can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, hi. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm your host on this, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to build, how to embed the intelligence, our intelligence, how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living landscape of work through visual devices, through visual information sharing. How to install the language of our current level of operations, maybe not quite as excellent as we would wish it to be or as it will be in the future, but our current level of operations and make it visible, make it physical. When we make that concrete and specific by way of visual devices, visual mini systems, visual macro systems, visual linkages, we literally see literally see, tangibly see what we think and how we think and we can predict how that func- how that thinking will function. We can see our operational system. That is one of the huge benefits of being comprehensive, comprehensive in your view of visuality instead of just thinking of it as uh, point solutions. We capture our intelligence. We make it tangible. And why do we bother? We bother because of the enormous bottom line benefits, both in terms of improved safety, but also better quality, more line delivery time, shrinking costs, shrinking footprints, shrinking everything, exploding profit margins. Hmm? Often, often, just by doing operator-led visuality, just the operator level, we see 15 to 30% increase in throughput. And productivity. And there's a splendid cultural alignment, which is uh, the topic of today's show, a spirited and engaged workforce on all levels, not just the operator level. And you know what? The third big benefit is we enjoy ourselves at work. We enjoy ourselves at work and we enjoy ourselves because we are learning as we implement, as we implement It's a very robust process and personally very satisfying and for the corporation, for the enterprise. Well, the enterprise becomes increasingly conscious, fluid, self-aware, one might say. And to which I say, oh, wonderful. So welcome to the show. Today we will be talking about the all-important, ta-da-da-da, cultural transformation and how visuality does it. This is the first of a new series that I'm starting on visual leadership. I had mentioned that I wanted to do it. I'm writing this book. 
you know, I wanted the book to be out in January, but I'm swamped with so many other things. They are uh, supportive of this, but I need a lot of quiet to bring a book, uh, to bring a manuscript into actually the final book. And that quiet isn't going to happen for another five or six months. So I thought that I would present parts of that conversation that will cover executive leadership, middle management leadership, supervisory leadership, and certainly operator level uh, leaders. I have a particular bend on this. I have a particular process and um, concepts and models. And I will share as much of that as I possibly can. It will probably take us, hmm, I don't know, until April, May, June, July, however long it takes us. In between, we'll be interviewing some folks. Um, I, I know I want to interview Paul Akers from FastCap and Bill Southworth, who um, has a consulting practice around, it's called Le- Healing Leaders, very interesting approach to helping leaders um, uh, do better, do better. So um, I want to also say that uh, in talking about a culture change, I am not talking about a slight shift in attitude or the willingness of employees, and I account everyone who pulls a payroll, pulls a paycheck, I should say, as an employee, top to bottom, bottom to top, and everyone in between, I don't talk about that as a slight shift in attitude or the uh, willingness of employees to participate in improvement. That is important, and that does have impact. Uh, But I'm not referring to just a little shift that will create, for example, on the operator level, value-add level, a more cooperative workforce, less grumpy. People get less in the way, and some of them actually seem to like to work here and seem to like to make a contribution You know, when that happens, everyone notices and breathes a sigh of relief. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a deep conversion, a sea change. That's what I mean by transformation, cultural transformation. A shift in and an embrace of a paradigm that is revolutionary, even though the change happens in an evolutionary manner. It's more gradual. But the change itself, when it is in place, is revolutionary. And when this change, what this change is in truth is a step, a stepwise progression, a stepwise progression. The levels jump like a step. But you know that picture of a dog staring at the next step? He thinks it's a wall. He's completely stalled by it. He's looking at this wall. (laughs) Well, we are sometimes like that when we are faced with the next step. Remember my show on it's the stop, it's the start that stops us. It just stops us. (laughs) We don't realize it's the next step. We just realize that we are stopped. And it's like that for us. The wall in front of us, like the little, for the little dog, seems like a barrier, continuous and unsurmountable, as high as the sky. And only as we keep going and if we keep going and we keep applying methodology, which is a, 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 a packet, a set of principles supported by a step-by-step application of practice, if we stay steady in our methodology and our application, we notice, ah, that was just a step, not a wall. That wasn't a barrier. We just consumed that barrier and made it a step, right? We consumed it. That little challenge was the fodder for our uh, consumption. 
We fed ourselves, we fed upon our perceived barriers, we consumed them, they taught us, and we are moving forward. They go hand in hand. The stuff and substance of our progress is these perceived steps we call challenges and they fuel us. Okay? So I call this methodology, I'm a great proponent of methodology. That's uh, all you've been hearing me talk about is methodology, principles, practices, methodologies. I remember when I was in my little attic room in 1991 when I was thinking of this company that I wanted to build around workplace visuality. It was a cold, cold February night in Boston. I had to, when my bed was open, which was a sofa, I had to walk across the bed to get to my desk. A friend had rented me a little room. I was making the transition into, uh, into this piece. And I called my company. I said, what should I call my company? Ah, I'm going to call it Quality methods, because I loved methodologies. I loved step-by-step sequences that led somewhere. And I said, quality methods, that's not big enough. I'm going to stick international at the end of it. Quality methods international was the name of my company. I changed it a couple of years ago, so it became Visual Thinking, Inc., but it's one and the same. I love methodology. So that's the preamble for our today, our sh- show today. And I uh, just have a, a few announcements. I do want to tell you that... Um, the podcasts are available on our, web sh- on our website for this show. Our website is uh, visualworkplace.com. They're also available on iTunes, though I find the navigation of iTunes less felicitous, may I say, less helpful. That's why we group our podcasts on our site by category, so you can plainly see the titles. And yes, we're still a little behind, and one of these days we'll be... We'll become a big behind, and then we'll be in real trouble. (laughs) I also want to mention that we offer my book, Work That Makes Sense, Operator-Led Visuality, as a standalone, pre-recorded implementation system. It's a series that is built on 11 webinars for operators and another five for behind-the-scenes support for planning and preparation and management and troubleshooting and helping your trainers become brilliant at training visuality. Remember that series I did uh, last fall. I only finished in December. There's a resource folio uh, in this system full of handouts and checklists and hit lists and templates. The stuff of transformation. Methodology, but within a paradigm that has tremendous, um, robust principles. Gorgeous, complete, and very effective. Uh, so... By the way, these are the same materials I use behind the scenes and in front of the scenes when I train operators on site and we engage in a conversion, a visual conversion. And we'll have another set soon for supervisors and leaders and everything. So if you want more information about work that makes sense, our um, our complete pre-recorded system, please email us at radio at visualworkplace.com. And actually, I beg your pardon... Uh, in about a week, I, we will be launching a special website on, on the Work That Makes Sense system. We think it will be a week, maybe 10 days. So, and I'll send that to you when we do our blast um, to tell you about our show. We'll do a blast tell you about the new website. Please give us your email. Send it to radio at visualworkplace.com. Uh, let's see. I wanted to tell you also that we're doing a visual thinking seminar and visual sight assessment in Portland either in light, late March or early. Wow. Or in early April. And a repeat of the Visual Leadership Seminar as well, which went, was very well received. And we are also doing visual thinking and a side assessment in Oklahoma City 
uh, in the uh, first, second week in May, May 14th to 15th, and will be in England, as I mentioned uh, in an earlier show, in June, and in China probably in July. So see our website or email us at radio at visualworkplace.com. Okay, so we're going to go into now today's show, and I want to tell you that when we look at how visuality creates a cultural transformation, that's our topic today, I will be talking to you about principle, the principles of the how part of that and the principles of the what part. They're going to be mixed up or let's say blended because what I'm talking about is a fundamental progression of how and why visuality works on the highest level, or if you will, on the deepest level, how and why it transforms. And if I talk to you 2,000 years from now, I will be saying the same things because what I'm presenting today in this progression is fundamental and it is core. It is the anchor, the anchor progression that represents an indispensable understanding of what makes visuality work. This understanding doesn't occur naturally for some people, but you can still learn it. And for other people, it will be natural, but you haven't found words for it. And when I share these words with you, you might say, you know, Galsworth, I already knew that. Thanks for the words, but you know, I already knew that. And thanks for the fit. That helps. That's fine. So remember, this is a preamble for talking about visual leadership, but it could be a preamble for our last three years together. It is that important, and I hope you find it coherent. We will begin to unfold that progression right after the break, and I'll see you in just a minute. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and we're in our second segment of our show today, Cultural Transformation, How Visuality Does It. Just before the break, I was talking to you about the uh, progression that I'm going to present today in our discussion of cultural transformation that is the fundamental progression of how and why visuality works, how and why it transforms. This is the core progression that when you understand it, you will understand what the power of visuality is, but also how to implement it. Now, you're not going to know the details of the tools and all the practices, but if you get what this is, you will understand why visuality is a strategic partner to the change that you, the changes you are making uh, on your journey to operational excellence. This isn't an add-on, but anyway, I'll get to that as I as I discuss that. I think I make a pretty good point. Um, I, th- I think that you'll get that piece uh, embedded in, in our discussion today. So here's the progression. The progression is a series of, I want to call them truths, but I better just call them principles. But they're not quite principles. Hmm? So I haven't quite found a name. I call them themes. Let's just continue and figure out the right name for it some other day. Here's the first part of the progression. Visuality's language. Two, because visuality is a language, it is eye-driven. It is driven by the individual. The result of the first two understandings Three, visuality embeds language into the living landscape of work. Visuality embeds a visual language into the living landscape of work. Four, the result of the first three is control over one's corner of the world. The result is control. Number five. In turn, the result of that control is margin. An internal space, a space internal to the individual opens up. And number six, that margin turns into, or if you will, that margin triggers a shift in identity. Visuality is a language. Because it is a language, it has to be eye-driven. As a language... It is embedded into the physical landscape of work through visual devices. The result of the first three is control over one's corner of the world. The result of that is that it triggers margin inside of us, a little bit of space. And the result of that is a shift in identity. 
I told you a long time ago that for me, visuality was about unity. It was about creating a unified workforce by creating unity inside of us. Okay? So let me walk through this now. And I want to begin by talking about lean turnarounds, which have been very, very impressive. We've all read about them or we've been part of it. Lean is capable of changing the operational profile of every work setting. I honestly haven't found one where it doesn't have impact. I don't care if you're high, mix, low volume. That's nothing. I don't care if you're an open pit mind. Lean has impact and positive impact. And it can make that impact rapidly. The emphasis is on standard work, time, flow, pull. Lean turnarounds can be rapid. They can be life-saving for a company less than a year. You all know the numbers. But that's not the question for today. The question is, when turnarounds are so rapid, can the culture be transformed as well during that same time frame? Can we expect a cultural transformation that maps to the rapid predetermined changes that happen in lean because you have heard me say it so many times before. I said it in my last show as well that lean is a formula, not the kind of mushy alphabet soup it's become nowadays where it's everything to everybody, everything fits under lean. And, you know, that's kind of workable. Uh, I mean, I can understand why people adopt that direction, but it doesn't allow us to see what Lean's unique contribution is. And I avert to my own background in the 1980s and 90s with the Japanese and JIT and the progression that came from that. Womack made an important contribution, but the aftermath of that is that Lean got mushy. It got mushy, in my view. This is my opinion, you know, my show, my opinion. Write me letters, tear it down. I'm happy to hear from you for any reason. So we ask, when lean turnarounds are so rapid, can we expect the culture to be changed as rapidly as well? And even though that has been known to happen, you know those companies, for most companies it is unlikely. There are many available techniques for generating a culture change, the formation of area teams, Kaizen Blitz, rapid improvement events, suggestion systems, quality circles, whatever their current uh, updated um, uh, name is. But none of these, in my view, is more powerful or valuable than the visual workplace in bringing about a complete transformation in work culture. And as a result, an aligned, spirited, and engaged enterprise enterprise-wide. And by the way, this is an article that is coming out in March in the Lean Management Journal journal in the UK, and it's called Cultural Transformation, How Does Visuality Do It? That's Lean Management Journal in in the UK, LMJ. I believe they might be under LMJ. You, You should be able to find them if you want to see the article. And the pictures that I'm going to be or let's say the examples that I'm going to be uh, describing here, I'm pretty sure are the ones that are going to go into that article. So you can grab that there online. Lean Management Journal, uh, they're out of London. So I haven't found a more powerful or valuable um, 
technique, if you want to call it, process than the visual workplace to bring about this complete transformation. However, you and I may not be referring to the same visual workplace. Simply installing a bunch of visual devices, point solutions, either copied from another facility or designed locally by you, Simply installing these devices to address some confusion or spot abnormalities is not the visual workplace I have in mind. The visual wor- that visual workplace, that rendition, is limited in scope and impact. It'll still have an impact. But it's limited. It's tiny. It's 1.5% of what's possible, if that much. The visuality I refer to is an equal and strategic partner to your lean conversion, a modality that brings with it a unique contribution, as powerful as lean and yet different. Like the wings of a bird, there are two of them. They're two in two separate locations. Lean and visual are both needed for a company to reach its destination, operational excellence, and yet they are separate. I hold to this. I love lean, but if you try to mush visual into lean, you will lose the power of visual and therefore your lean uh, conversion will be incomplete and it won't stick, honestly. It'll erode. You may not notice it. It may take two or three years, but you get promoted because you did such a great job and you know what happens? Your good work begins to evaporate. It needs to be anchored, but visual is more than an anchoring agent. It is so much more. But make no mistake, installing even a handful of visual solutions, point solutions, will have a positive impact on operations. Anytime you share information by embedding it into a device, that's what we mean by embedding information, you make it a physical device, the chances increase that the right work will get done at the right time in the right way. Safety is in that, quality is in that, on-time delivery is in that. Flow is in that. And the reason is simple. You don't have to look for the information. The information is embedded. You don't have to search for the quality spec or guess at the quantity level. You don't have to double or triple check your work to make sure and then to make sure that you made sure. You don't have to locate a binder or the supervisor to get the information you need. Visual information sharing is an unalloyed good it is a positive, even if it has limited scope when you're doing it as point solutions. It is valid to embed information, to make it a permanent and, of course, responsive part of your workplace. But the transformation I'm talking about is something different. The cultural transformation. And I want to underline once again that when I talk about a cultural uh, transformation, I'm not talking about that as the single outcome. I actually talk about cultural transformation as a byproduct of your bottom line results. I should say as a byproduct of the bottom line impact that visuality can have on your, on your KPIs. The reduction of lead time is the overarching. Time, you know, this all of this is time-based in terms of how we, uh, what we want our uh, practical tools to do in terms of improvement. Safety and time, safety and time, safety and time. We're etching this, the the time out. 
So make no mistake, even a handful of visual solutions will have a positive impact. And this is if you are in the in a hospital. We're starting a project now with Flinders. Very excited about it down in Australia. If you're in a hospital, open pit mind, <laughs> automotive assembly, high mix, low volume, low mix, high volume, utilities, it doesn't matter, making food, hotel chocolat. Where are you? Anywhere. So... We will now, we're going into a break now, and when we come back, we will start this uh, small progression to explain how it works together. So I will see you in just a moment, and I'll be here, and I look forward to it. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Game-changing technologies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up the status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take a coffee break with Game Changers on Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on today's top big data innovators. Learn about emerging big trends and technologies and how you can grow your business and profit. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. You've come to the third, you're not, we're now in, I should say, we're now in the third segment of our show today. And um, welcome. We're talking about Cultural transformation, huge topic, and how visuality does it. Okay? So we just talked about how lean creates a transformation and what happens in parallel in the culture. Lean is not a tool that is designed to create cultural change, not at least not in the way that it has come to us in America. But I made that point in our last show. 
So the cultural change needs to come from somewhere, and it is more than just a shift in attitude or an amelioration of the tensions, a lessening of the tensions in the plant. It is a deep change. It has one. It is a change that is mostly due to identity, and I'm going to build that case now. To transform the work culture into one that supports operational excellence, you have to start from a different base than Lean presents. Even though you have incorporated many elements of this change into your Lean to make it into a neat package, do not underestimate the importance of focusing on culture as a leg of this change, a separate leg. You start from a different base, a different understanding. And as I see it, the correct understanding of workplace visuality is this. It is a language. It is a language. And the vocabulary of the visual workplace language consists of the hundreds, often thousands, of visual devices invented by the workforce that uses them. As a language, visuality is both a means of individual expression and a vehicle for enterprise connectivity. When it is effectively implemented, the visual workplace has the potential to do this, be individual expression and enterprise connectivity and more. It impacts the bottom line. It increases your quality exponentially. It increases your productivity 15 to 30%. We've seen it as high as 34%, and that was with an engineering group in Australia. In textiles, you'll get somewhat of a, a, a lower ding on it because your margins are so, so tiny, and people are working really on volume. That's how you're measuring them on volume. It's, it's, it's harder to show a 15% impact, but we're working with a, a, a 14 plants right now where we're, we're seeking to demonstrate it. But to our point, to the point of this discussion, visuality is a mighty agent of cultural change. The process begins when we recognize and respond to this, the need to know. That is the I, the need to know. This need exists on every organizational level. In a visual workplace, we make that explicit, we use it as a lever. I've done shows and shows on the need to know. From operators to plant managers, Every employee has a need to know. No one is exempt. The operative question is identical for each person in every enterprise function. This is the question. What do I need to know that I don't know right now in order to do my work? What do I need to know right now that I don't know right now in order to do my work? Notice that the governing pronoun is I, not we. Visuality is not a team sport. You cannot learn to implement visuality effectively through teams. You can move to that, but when you're learning what visuality is made of and how to do it, you start and focus on the eye. The language of visuality is rooted in the individual's need for information vital for but missing from his work. I call this the need to know. It is what makes the visual workplace an eye-driven paradigm. And can you see the connection with language? Language as personal expression, as vital communication connectivity. 
It's eye-driven. A fully functioning visual workplace transforms the work culture because it is built on this multiplicity of eyes. The many, 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 many eyes, a multiplicity of eyes. These eyes are the individuals of the workforce, whether operator, plant manager, CEO, engineer, supervisor, purchasing agent, planner, doesn't matter. Maintenance, crew, individually, everyone gets the information they need when and where they need it because the visual, because of the visual devices that they invent because of the visual information they embed. Because these devices are pulled into place by the very people who need them, visuality automatically creates interested users. Ownership and adherence are built in. You don't have to beat people into adhering to their visual devices because they're their own and they serve them. These devices are effective because by design they embed the vital information that I need into the living landscape of work, into the physical work environment itself. Information becomes coterminous with process. With process. Understanding this paradigm helps us appreciate why visuality cannot be enforced as a means for getting people to change their behavior or by gum their attitudes. <coughs> Pardon me. You can't say that we're going to get people to change their behavior by putting visuality in place. It doesn't work that way. A change in the work culture cannot be imposed. It can only be eye-driven. You may not notice it, but people decide to change. You can't make them change. They decide to change. The plant manager, for example, has a need to know a wide array of contextual data, often many times a day, and she needs to know it at a glance. Only then does she have the timely, accurate understanding of the current situation that she needs to assess her options, and that she needs to make decisions that move the organization forward. And my recommendation for that is stacked metrics. We could spend a whole show talking to you about segmenting cause in your metrics so that your metrics drive improvement and don't just monitor performance. But stacked metrics is what a plant manager needs in terms of a visual device. Supervisors have an equally vital need to know within their locus of control. That's the department. When the answers they seek are embedded as visual devices, supervisors can do their job as logistical expediters, and they can do it smoothly and efficiently because the vital answers they need are available when and as needed. No more chasing down information and chasing down this answer and that answer. As a result, and this is, I said before, this part is evolutionary. As the physical operational system begins to align with the devices or the gaps that the devices show. As a result, supervisors gain a small margin of breathing room in their workday, and their attention can naturally shift to a different and higher level of purpose a higher level of contribution for supervisors, and I call that supervisors as leaders of improvement. One of the shows, one of the uh, themes that we will be discussing in our series on visual leadership, supervisors as leaders of improvement. 
Wowzer. There's a transformation. In a fully implemented visual workplace, the cultural transformation deepens because the language of excellent, excellence has become the intentional foundation on which all work transactions are made. Do you see? you got to take the first point, which is visuality is language, and it is eye-driven, and we are embedding control by embedding devices, and these devices connect us. That is why I talk to you about a comprehensive implementation, because if you do less than that, you'll just get these little point solutions. You'll get the difference between normal and abnormal. That is such a tiny part of the spectrum. It's like the light spectrum. Do we really know what we don't know? We don't. We only know what we know and know what we know we don't know. But we don't know that vast universe, that void called, we don't know what we don't know. Hmm? That's the way it is with visuality. You'll get a little bit. But what you're missing is incomprehensible because you miss the point. Visuality is language. It is eye-driven. We embed the language. We get control. We create margin in our beings. And we change. When logistical tasks, for example, of supervisors, are routinely addressed through this kind of embedded information sharing, they reconceptualize their roles and themselves because they have the margin to imagine both differently, both their roles and themselves, their identity shifts. This is what you want. This is the fruit. This is the harvest. This of culture change. And it's the same for operators. Their needs need to know sounds a little different. I need to know where my tools are. I need to know which materials to use for this order and what is the heat tree le- treat level. You can make the equivalence in, in the healthcare setting or in an office. And by the way, what's the quality spec? And I need these answers embedded into the living landscape of work because I don't want to have to memorize them. I don't want to have the finder. The, I don't want to find the binder, (laughs) I don't want to find the binder where they are written, or find you, my supervisor, to ask. And if you listen closer, you will also hear this. I want to be in charge of my corner of the world. And I cannot be in charge. I cannot have a sense of control over this little sandbox that I've been given to work in if I don't have the information vital to the task at hand and have that information at my fingertips, accurate and complete because I have made it so. Because I have made it so. You have to implement this way so you can learn. We will talk about in the series of our discussion of leadership, we will talk about the importance of the leader requiring an anchor of this changed behavior so that the organization can learn and can accelerate. We'll talk about that. But right now, just stay focused on the, if you will, the technology of the change. The information, says the operator, is accurate and complete because I've made it so. It is embedded. I am the redesigner of my work area. I have made it my partner in the workplace. The benches, the floors, the the tools... The cabinets, they are my partners, not my enemy, not my mute, unforgiving enemy. 
And because I can rely on the things of the workplace to assist me in using them properly and safely, I am safe. I can relax. I am in control. And I am free to let my mind imagine even more. Even more improvement, even more focus, maybe a true innovation to the process. And even though I don't have a degree in engineering, says the operator, I can still be a scientist of my own work. I can contribute. I can be a hero at work. I can be a hero. That's what they promised me. They said, get your high school education. Maybe even go to college. And when you go to work, you're going to make a great contribution. And everyone is going to say, oh, wonderful. Hooray. Wowzer. I can be a hero because I am on the inside. All right. So we have one... uh, we have one more break to go into. When we come back, we'll kind of round this out as best we can and then a little bit of time that's left and I want to uh, kind of re- come back to the, the, uh, the progression so you get what this is about. See you in a minute. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, this is Gwendolyn. Welcome back to the last segment of our show today on cultural transformation, how visuality does it. I'm giving you the very broad and I believe very robust and important strokes of why that works, why why visuality not only helps, but actually creates this cultural transformation why it's capable of doing that. And and we close the last segment by saying that what the operator begins to understand is that they can be, operators can be scientists of their work. They can 
re-engineer, redefine, refine their work area, but they need tools to do it, not their imagination standing by itself, but actual principles and practices that help them dig deeper and develop an appetite for this refined focus that we call becoming a scientist of their own work, a hero at work. And an example of that, I'll try to circle back and give you the supervisor example I'd forgotten. An example of that is in um, an an airbag plant uh, where the uh, operator was at her bench uh, putting together the ignition systems uh, uh, and the assembly part of some part of the ignition systems for airbags. And she was asked at the uh, end of every day to count it, separate the scrap, any, any component that you see that is bent or um, uh, mismade, separate, put them off to the side, and at the end of the day, separate them, count them up, and um, hand in this report. And Marianne did that dutifully. She learned about motion. She learned about visuality. She realized that there, this was taking her a lot of time. She thought about how can I make this uh, go away through a visual solution, this information deficit of I don't know how many, I've, how many uh, components I've found that are scrap or what they are. And what she did was she grabbed six little styrofoam cups, strapped them together with a masking tape, put the initials of the defect that she was putting on the report, the initials of those defects on these six cups, and at, during the course of the day, she would just throw the defective component into the right little cup. She got a little bit of control over her corner of the world. She had an answer to how many by the end of the day just by looking in each cup. Well, her supervisor comes along and says, oh, my God, that is so brilliant. Let's turn that into a best practice. And he populated all of the benches in the work area with the same device, only it was shiny red, and there was uh, the little cups turned into a um, box right underneath the surface of the bench, and there were holes in the bench that would allow people to throw the component into the right hole, no longer a styrofoam cup. Control. I mean, if you don't see that as control, you're missing the point of what it means to be out of control. Control happens on a very tiny informational transaction level. And in too many companies, the culture is out of control with everyone struggling to get their own work done, isolated from others, struggling because the system isn't working for them. Material is missing, specs are missing, information is missing. Everybody runs around looking for those or they simply stop and wait. They don't trust the system, they don't trust the company, they don't trust you, but most importantly, they don't trust themselves. They are on their own entirely, and they know it, and they don't feel capable of performing. (laughs) There's so much against them. No matter the employee or organizational level, people at work feel the pressure of not knowing, and with it, a looming fear of failure, their own personal failure, because it's all personal. The information is out there somewhere, but it is not here. It needs to be here. Culture is behavior, and in this culture, people are either worried or hypervigilant or indifferent. Go a little further, and they're going to be postal. 
A visual workplace is radically and profoundly different. When the information is embedded by way of visual devices, it is where we need it and when because we made it so. No hesitation, no struggle. People can do their work in harmony and with others. They feel a sense of space, of margin within their own beings. They have room to breathe and to think, and that in and of itself is transformative. Because visuality is a language, the need to know pulls visual devices into place. When we get the information that is vital to our own work at a glance, our behavior changes, we experience something unusual at work, and that is control. Visuality gives us control over our corner of the world, you see? And our attitude changes. The pressure has been lifted. We're no longer out of control. This is a workforce that is going to move with the corporate intent, align with the corporate intent. This is a workforce that is going to be spirited and engaged because it can be. It has enough room in its spirit and it has enough margin in its own behavior to engage in these fabulous improvement projects that you're looking for. Everybody wants the company to succeed. Mm-hmm. So let's make it so. Visuality is the foundation for this sense of control over our corner of the world, our work. And when that happens, something inside of us relaxes. And a small space opens. The pressure is off. We feel margin in our being. Margin to breathe, to think, to create. This margin is the power that fuels your cultural transformation. Your cultural transformation doesn't exist without it. Work makes sense because we have made it make sense. Visuality doesn't just support an aligned work culture. It creates it. And I hope that I have made the case in this show today of why through this progression that I mentioned at the beginning, at the top of the show. Visuality is language, and because it is language, it has to be eye-driven. It's personal expression. It is language that is embedded into the physical landscape of work, holding the information that we need so that we can pull it to us. We can pull it to us when and as we need it. The result is control over our corner of the world, yours and mine, each one of us. CEO feels control. Yes, she does. Marianne at her bench feels control, and Joe, the supervisor, feels control. Go, go to the uh, Lean Management Journal, and you'll get a, a picture of that. This control turns into a relaxation inside of us, an internal relaxation that creates margin, and within that margin, we have a shift of identity. We become the person we want to be. We become the person we hoped to be when we began our work because we knew that work was powerful and we wanted it to change us. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank you very much for listening today. I'm excited about this series that we're beginning. I hope this has set a foundation. We're going to be revisiting these themes throughout. They're part of my work. They're what I discovered. And I'd like you to hold them in mind as we go down this road together. So you know what? This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm going to sign off now. (laughs) See you again. Bye.
appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 